Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. You know, um, I was going to say this earlier. I was talking about king, the, king, the kingdom. This guy said it like this. He said, he said there's, this, is how, this is what it really breaks down. This really helped me. There's two kingdoms. Y'all understand that. There's the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. Colossians 1.13, I got transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. When did I get transferred? You need to know the answer to this. I got transferred when I made Jesus king. Uh, Romans 10.9 and 10. Romans 10.9 and 10 is what makes Colossians 1.13 work. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus says, Lord, King. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus Lord is King. Believe in your heart, God raised from the dead. You shall be saved. Remember Matthew 16. We've gone over this. Pastor, I think that's Pastor Mark's. It really nails that down because he, uh, he asked Peter, what do you, who do people say that I am? And he says, you, he says, you're Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. And Jesus went, wow. He said, you didn't come up with this in your brain. Flesh and blood, brain, brain matter didn't figure this out. But my Father's in heaven gave you that revelation. And on this revelation knowledge, I will build my church. What's the foundation? He said, on this foundation. What's a foundation? That's what I'm jumping on right now. We, we got a raw foundation here. You don't build anything without a foundation. On this foundation, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail again. Man, when I get into some of this stuff tonight, I'm going to I'm have to hold me down. I might start running. Ben said he'd catch me if I took off. Hallelujah. So, um, I was, I was I'm, let me finish that. There was two kingdoms. There's one king, and there's one trying to be king. Two kingdoms, one king, and one trying to be king. And he, he is, he, you know, Jesus said the prince of this world. Jesus said that. I didn't make that up. It's not fake news. Jesus said it. And, and uh, 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 what is it? Uh, Paul in First, Second Corinthians 4, 4 said Satan is the god of this world. The Bible talks about principalities, powers, rulers, darkness of this world, spiritual organs in high places. Satan has the power of death. This is a cursed world and Satan's in. Now, his lease is running out. In fact, his lease runs out the minute I clean house. Everywhere I tread my foot. Now, we can't advance the kingdom. And I think that's even physically you can advance it. I tell people all the time, I haven't done this. We're getting ready to purchase some property. But I'm thinking I'm going to purchase some more property. And I'm going to... Use it for the glory of God and maybe sell it and take the money and bring it to the church or something. So he said, I don't really need any property. I don't need any money. Well, give me what you got. We'll, we'll use it for the kingdom work. Amen. You know, somebody said, well, that's a risk. It's risky. You know what? The work, life's a risk. We, in fact, ain't none of us ain't going to make it out here alive. We all going to die. That's how do you get out. Amen. I'm going to die being adventurous. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Well, I'm going to stay safe and secure, and I'm going to live to be 100. I think I'd rather live to be 78 and be adventurous and make it to 100 not do anything. Amen? Let's use our time wisely. Hallelujah. Uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I'm, I just want to thank you for just the revelation you've given me and things you've showed me. Lord, help me to be a vessel for you tonight. Lord, if there's people in here that need something, Lord, I don't have it. I don't have what they need, but you do. And if you can flow it through me, Lord, please, I'll, I'll give myself to you to be a vessel for you tonight. 
the gifts of the Spirit and operation and manifestation, things that you need to say. Lord, things that I don't know. Lord, maybe I don't even understand it, but I don't have to be. I'll just be the delivery boy. I don't look in the mail. I don't look in the letters. I'll just, I'll just tell them. I'll just tell them what they need to know, and, and it's between you and them, Lord. Whatever you need to do, whatever you need to say, have your way, Holy Spirit. Let my tongue be like the pen of a ready writer. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. You know, if, you're, uh, if your tongue's like the pen of a ready writer, what you writing? That's why somebody asked me the other day. I said, I don't know, but it better be good. Hallelujah. So we're going to look at um, this morning. It was funny. I was getting ready to, you know, I was having my quiet time. Charlie, I was praying and. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to get a message here. I'm just praying. I'm just seeking your face. And, and I had um, uh, a brother in the church sends me this little devotional, and I was looking at it. I was listening to it, actually. And, uh, and he, they, it was talking about the Syrophoenician woman in Matthew 15. In fact, Pastor Mark talked about Matthew 15 last night. So I was going and reading about the Syrophoenician woman, you know, where he says even the dogs get the crumbs off the table. And this guy was saying, you know, Jesus called that woman a dog, kind of. And he said, you know, he really wasn't being rude to her. He was just testing her. He was kind of seeing how far would she go Well, she went. And he said, wow, you got great faith, woman. See, you want it. You're going to get it. You're hungry. Amen. Well, anyway, I said, well, I'm going to go back and read the beginning of that chapter. And I started reading it. And God just started downloading this stuff to me. And it was right in line with what the Lord had already showed me he wanted me to share. And I was like, well, God, I, I, didn't, want, I didn't want you to do this. He said, that's why I'm giving it to you. I was like. You'll do that? I mean, we're having this conversation. I said, you would do that? I mean, I really, I, I didn't want to make this my getting ready for the message tonight. He said, no, that's why I'm doing it, because you didn't make it about that. I was like, and then he, he said, you know, your kids, your kids will, if, if, you, if, 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 if John was my son, he wanted me to do something for him, and I'm and, and I like, and he's begging off, and I'm like, I ain't going to do that. You know what I mean? But if I was watching him, and I just said, you know, he's, he, he's, I know what he wants. But he ain't asking me, but he's helping people. and he's doing. I said, I'm going to give John, I'm going to give him that. Because he wasn't trying to get it. You know what I mean? That's the way God, he's a good father. Somebody say amen. We could go home right now. That was good preaching. Hallelujah. So in Matthew chapter 16, I'm sorry, Matthew 15. We were talking about Matthew 16. Matthew 15, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. Now, I got my notes, but I also got my Bible, so sometimes I'll just jump around, but uh, I'm going to try to flow. Now, I'm not a teacher. Y'all know that. I'm not Pastor Mark. If you want to come get some teaching, you come. He, he is just an unbelievable teacher. My wife don't even want to go here with me to preach because she wants to hear him. So, in fact, we were at this conference last week, and he, he ministers every time. There was, a, there, was a, there was a pastor there, and he came up to him. He said, that's probably one of the best messages I've ever heard in my whole life. And this guy's a preacher. I was like. I said, Pastor Mark, don't get the big head, okay? And uh, he really is. And, but I've seen the, the gift of preaching come on him. And, you know, sometimes different times. So I believe the gift of teaching may come on me tonight. But if it doesn't, I'm just going to preach, teach, okay? So in Matthew 15, Pastor Mark touched on this last night. He was talking about, uh, you, you disciples transgress the tradition, verse 2, of the elders, for they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. And he said, well, you, you transgress the commandments of God because of your traditions. And he, he's, he's just slamming them. Anyway, and in verse 7, he calls them hypocrites. And he says, well, did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, these people draw to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips. Now, I was getting this this morning. I mean, this is fresh. It was just made this morning. It's like bakery stuff. And they honor me with their lips. 
They draw near to me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Now, the title of my message, and I already had the title before I started reading that this morning, was Obedience is True Worship. Obedience is true worship. Worship is not something you do with a guitar or a keyboard. Worship is obedience. Somebody say obedience. In fact, I will worship the Lord with all my heart. You can, you can just swap those words out. I will obey the Lord with all my heart. In fact, if you want to get real, uh, there's a, I think it's in uh, Philippians chapter 4. I think it's verse 6. It says, um, casting the whole of your care on the Lord because He cares for you. The whole of your care. That's, that's uh, the word. I think, I'm trying to think what that Greek word is. I'm not very good at Hebrew and Greek. But uh, uh, the same word is the word used in Matthew 6 where he talks about, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all those things will be added unto you. And it's talking about uh, not giving part of your heart. It's, uh, in, uh, or you know what I'm saying, uh, with my whole heart. If you, if you can do something with your whole heart, you can do it half-heartedly. You know, when you look at your wife on your wedding day, when I did, I didn't say, well, I love you with part of my heart. Well, that wouldn't have worked. She'd probably throw the ring down and ran out the door. Now, I ain't marrying you. I and I forgot what the word is, but it means compartmentalized. We, we compartmentalize things in our heart. In other words, well, I got this one thing. I, I, I ain't ready for that. You ain't giving that up. Uh, yeah, you are. You're going to lay down your life. I, I, I had a word the other day. We were at a minister's meeting, and the Lord gave me this word. And he said, he said, the devil wants to take your life, but Jesus wants you to lay down your life. I ain't nobody taking my life, but I'm going to lay down my life. Amen? Pour, I'm going to pour out my life for him. Some, ooh, that's where I want to empty myself because I, I like myself in Christ. I don't like myself any other way. I don't want a half a half of Jesus. I want the whole Jesus. Amen? A whole, a wholeheartedly. The Bible says, I think it's in Romans chapter 14, verse 13, it says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. I don't want to be weird and crude, but I know people, they, got, they, they keep condoms in their car just in case they meet somebody. I was like, no, that's dumb as dirt. It ain't no, we ain't holding back nothing. Well, you, well, you never know. No, you, I know. I mean, just anyway, that's a whole other world right there. Glory to God. So he says, in vain they worship me. Look at verse 9. Their, their lips, they're, they're on me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And now this is, I was thinking, how do you worship in vain? In vain they worship me? Well, that thing jumped out about knocking me upside the head. And I said, Lord, I, I don't want to think about my message now because I'm trying to keep that separate. And he said, and then he said, no, no, no. I got something for you. I said, okay. I like them fresh donuts. Hallelujah. So I want you to, here's the, the Passion Translation says, frauds and hypocrites. Isaiah described you perfectly when he said, These people honor me only with their words, for their hearts are so very distant from me. They pretend to worship me, but their worship is nothing more than empty traditions. Their heart is far from me. Their hearts are far from me. Now, in 1 Samuel chapter, I think it's, um, I, don't, I don't think, I, I just made a little note here. 1 Samuel 16, 7 1 Samuel 16, 7 is where um, God is anointing um, David as king. You remember that? And uh, Eliab shows up, and Samuel, I think Samuel's thinking, this must be the guy. He looks good. But we ain't looking at him. I don't care what you look like. Amen? I've seen some good-looking demons. Hallelujah. 
But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at the appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees, or man looks uh, at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Amen? God judges the heart. Amen? Some of you say, well, like my heart's right. I've had people say it to me. I said, well, I can't see it, but I don't think it is. Amen? God knows my heart. Yeah, he knows it's black. Amen? It ain't right. Anytime somebody say, God knows my heart, I said, oh, you better back up. There's something going on there. Because he needs to know he needs to know your heart. He does know your heart. So you can't con God. Amen? So that was, I wanted you to see that. They pretend to worship me, but their worship is nothing more than the entry to traditions of men. Now, look at this. John 14, 21. He who has my commandments, Jesus is speaking here. John 20, 14, 21 through 24. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and I will manifest myself to him. What did he say? He who keeps my commandments is he who loves me. Then he says, Judas, not a scared, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And he said, Jesus answered, said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him and he will come to make, we will come to make our home with him. Man, I like that. I don't know what, what, at what point that happens, but, and then somebody said, well, he comes to make his home in you when you get born again. Uh, that almost sounds like that's more. I, I don't know. I just want him to make, he's free to come in anytime he wants. But hold, I stand at the door and knock. Now that's not talking about getting saved. That's talking about fellowship because they were already saved. That's written to the church. Amen. In Revelation, he says here, he says, He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. In other words, you can just break it down like this. If you love me, you'll do what I say. If you obey me. Now, what, what is worship? Obedience. Worship is obedience. So you got that video ready? You want, you want to kill the lights? Make We got popcorn, sodas or anything? No, go ahead. Hey, Daddy, can I tell you something? Sure, Emma. What's up? I love you so much. Well, where did that come from? I love you so much, too. I just want you to know what an awesome father you are. What a blessing, Emma. You're an awesome daughter, and I'm thankful for you. Hey, you know what? Your mom's in there working on the dishes. She cooked that big Sunday lunch. It'd be great if you could go give her a hand. But, Dad, I just love you so much. Emma, I love you too so much, but really, why don't you go give your mom a hand with the dishes? But Dad, don't you know how much I love you? Don't you know how grateful I am for you? I love you so much. How many know if worship is obedience, and she, she wasn't really meaning what she was saying. It was all lip service. And, and here's what I, I heard somebody say this one time. They said, they said, uh, I just don't I, don't, I don't really know what God wants me to do. I'm really struggling trying to find out what he want, wants me to do. And, you know, Jesus said, if you will follow me, I will make you fishers of men. And I always, I, I heard this pastor, I think it was Pastor L.A. Joyner said one time, he said, if you follow me, I will make you something. But the problem is you stop following when, you, when, he, when he's not telling you, when, he, when you're not hearing what he wants you to do. In other words, 
the father in that, in that little video is not going to come up with a new chore. Well, you think you could go mow the grass. We got we to get past the got to help your mom wash the dishes. There's a problem here. And, and listen, I'm, to, I'm preaching to myself. My sister used to say all the time, every message you preach seems like it's one you need to do. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm anointed to preach it. I'm not anointed to live it. No, but, but I'm telling you, this thing convicts me. Because we'll come down here and we'll worship God and we all will do this on that. And you know, you won't even walk across the street and talk to your neighbor about Jesus. Well, we got to get that right. So I tell people, if you're not hearing from God, go find out the last thing he told you to do and pick up where you left off. Now that's good preaching. Somebody say amen. What's the last? And I don't care what that is. And I, I want you, I believe the Lord, we're going to pray tonight. In just a little while, we're going to pray. And I'm going to ask God, what, I'm talking to me. Lord, what is it that I have left off? What is it that I've told you? And then we, then we got the thing where you doing, you're doing what he told you to do, but you ain't really willing. Now, that's a whole nother. We got, we got a two-part message here, so we're going to jump into it. God's not going to give you a different task until you get into obedience. True worship. If you can't hear God, just do the last thing he told you to do. Now, these are some examples of true worship. Look at Genesis chapter 22. Man, this is, we could stay, we could camp out here. In fact, if Pastor Mark got a hold of this, He'd break it down into a, a trilogy or something. It would be, he'd go, I mean, really, he would. Uh, he, he, he'd make it a 16-week series, and, and it would be good. And you'd just be going and going. But in Genesis 22, in Genesis 22, this is the first place in the whole Bible where the word worship is mentioned. Genesis 22. It's in, uh, verse. Uh, look at verse number 1. We're just going to read the whole thing. So just hold now. This there's so much meeting on this. We, we we can't we can't stop. And like I said, Pastor Mark could take three weeks to get through this. So we're gonna, I'm gonna do the fast version. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. You know, just like the Syrophoenician woman, when he says test him, he's not doing it. He's testing just like you get tested in school. If you don't pass the fourth grade, you ain't going to the fifth. And listen, folks, I found out I'm 61 years old. We still taking tests. I take tests all the time. I don't like tests, but you just got to take them, you know. And I'm not, I'm not talking about school tests. I'm talking about the tests of life. And, in fact, I've learned this. You know, people, they just want prosperity and they want all this stuff. But how about some adversity? Sometimes adversity is good because sometimes you get stuck in the middle. I got somebody right now I've been trying to help out. And, uh, and, and I, I, I've been, you know, I, I, I realize that I'm, I'm helping him too much. He ain't, he ain't got enough adversity. Adversity will make you move. When your roof leaks enough, you're going to go get your roof fixed. Or you'll move out of the house or something. So we said, I don't know if I can afford that. I, you know, I, I went through this thing. We couldn't fix our roof. and, and uh, we, In fact, I was at church one Sunday, and the pastor just said, some of y'all praying for a roof. God don't do roofs. You need to call a roofer. I was like, oh, that's some revelation. I, got, I came home. I told my wife, I got a call. I called, uh, called uh, Jason. I called Soy Spark. I said, Soy, I need a roof. He goes, I got somebody for to call this guy. Tell him I said, give you a deal. This was right. It was probably the first of December. I mean, we, we, I had one guy said, I, I, could, I wouldn't touch your roof for $10,000. This up high, you know. The backside's even worse because it drops down. He, he, people say, I, ain't, I won't touch your roof for $10,000. The guy showed up. He goes, he goes listen, brother, I need, I need some money and you need a roof. We, we need to get together. I said, we can get together. And he, he said, I'll do it for $4,000. Now, I, didn't, I really didn't have $4,000 at the time. I was like, but it sounded a lot better than $10,000. In fact, when I paid him, I gave him $4,500. I was so happy. 
He did a, a phenomenal job. He, he'd go up and get them guys around the barrel downtown Valdosta. He was, and they, they didn't have no ham. They didn't have the to they had to But they, they fixed the soffits. He did it right. So, but you know what? The money came in for the roof. And I said, God, how, do, is that how this works? I thought I, I was waiting to get the money before I got there. Now, you got to hear from God. Don't just go make, don't go buy a car and you got the money to pay for it. You understand? You, you, I, I don't know how to describe it, but without faith, it, it takes faith, but you just got to, I guess that word from the Lord, when he said call a roofer, I was like, that must be a word from the Lord. I need to call a roofer. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So Abraham, where was that? Where he said, so he said, so Abraham, verse 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of the young men with him and Isaac his son. He split the wood for the burnt offering. He rose and went to the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes, saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, this is where I want to get, verse 5. Everybody got it? Verse 5. He said to the young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and what? Worship. There wasn't no guitar strapped on that donkey. There wasn't no keyboard. They didn't even have a congo or a bongo. Amen? We're going to go up there and worship. Worship is obedience. Say it again. Worship is obedience. You could just transpose those words always. I will worship the Lord with all my heart. I will obey the Lord with all my heart. So, so Abraham took the wood of the... Now, that's going to really mean something if you'll hang with me. Worship is obedience. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it on his son Isaac. And I don't know if you noticed, he said, we will come back. Did you notice that? We, we, we will. There wasn't a rat in his pocket, a little mice. He had a little pet mice in his pocket. No, we will. Who's we? Isaac and Abraham. Now, he's going up there to sacrifice him. That's a whole other message, but I want you to make sure you understood that. You remember? Pastor Mark said this last night. He said, uh, who was it that said this? I think it was, um, I think John Wesley said it, and there were several people that said it. It says, it seems that God can do nothing for mankind unless someone asks him. And I think one of them said they don't even know why, but it just seems that way. And we, you can go story after story. I'm, I've just preached recently John chapter, Daniel chapter 10 where Daniel prayed and the angel was coming through and the angel got withheld by the, the prince of Persia. And it wasn't no physical prince. It was a demonic prince. And he says, I was here 21 days and I broke through and I'm here because I got a word. So there's, there's, some, there's some hindrances for the angel to come through. And somebody said, why did it take 21 days? Was there a diesel fuel problem or something what was going on in heaven you know was there a back a shortage of angels or what was going on no there was a there was a spiritual force that that's why we got to pray you have not because you ask not it seems that god could do nothing for mankind unless someone asked him now you're fixing to see something here this wasn't even my message but you're gonna get something because there's a man here there's a man his name's abraham Somebody talks about God loves Israel. God loves Israel. There ain't no Israel. It's a man. His name's Abraham. Actually, his name's Abram. He had to change his name to get something happening. Abraham means father of many nations. So you talk about confession. He was going around saying, I'm Abram. I'm Abram. I'm Abram. He said, yeah, you're Abram. You ain't got no kids. Abraham means father of many nations. Ham, the son of, father of many nations. So now he's going around saying, I'm a father of many nations. God changed his name. Did you know that she could not, Sarah could not get pregnant? I, you go do the math. I think it was 13, 14, might have been longer than that. Years. She got pregnant in, in a matter of months after he changed his name. Because now he's, I'm a father of many nations, Nick. You're like, well, you ain't got no children. But they're coming. They're coming, baby. They're behind me. As the sands in the sea, as the stars in the heaven. Every time he looked up, that's, that's my, 
And, and Sarah's like, I don't know about all this. You know, she laughed, remember? But Isaac means the promised one. So he finally got this child, the promised child, and now God says, I want you to sacrifice him. Now, folks, I could, I could handle a, a man getting swallowed by a whale. I could handle that. I could, I could handle Jonah. But I can't handle a man sacrificing his son. I don't. I, I, I just not. Uh, and in fact, I struggled with that. I said, God, I believe, I believe a man could get swallowed by a fish and get vomited back up and preach the gospel. But I, I can't. I just can't go for that. But then I read, and I think it's in Hebrews or Galatians, where it says the gospel was preached to Abraham beforehand. He got the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't know if it was on a video screen, on was the LED wall, or it was a dream, but he got it because he he said he, he's going to sacrifice his son. God looks on the heart. We just read that. God looks on the heart. In his heart, he did it. And we're going to see that right here. This, boy, this is good. This would make a great movie. Hallelujah. We're going up to the word. So Abraham took the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. He took the fire and the knife in his hand. And, and he had a knife. That wasn't for cutting wood. He wasn't whittling. But Isaac spoke to his father and said, Father, Father. He said, Here I am, son. He said, Look, the fire, the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide a lamb for the burnt offering. You know what's amazing here? Oh, this, like I said, there's so much here. Charlie, he, he, Isaac said this out of his mouth. He said, where is the lamb? And I don't even know how many years later, uh, 2,000 years later, after the, 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 the silent years between the old covenant and the new covenant, there's a, there was a new covenant prophet named John. He was sent as a forerunner for Jesus. So the last thing we heard, one of the last things we heard, in the, it was, where's the lamb? And then all of a sudden you hear this man cry out, behold, the lamb. Ooh, we can't find the lamb, daddy. Behold, the lamb. Behold, the lamb. I don't know about you, but that was the first prophetic utterance in the, in the New Testament. The lamb showed up. He's been, we, can't, we couldn't find that lamb for 2,000 years. Anyway. That's a whole nother message. Glory be to God. About make me get excited. He said, and Abraham said, my son, God will provide a lamb. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, we're, we're burning through this thing. I hope you're getting notes. And then they came to the place which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar, and they laid the wood there. He bound Isaac, his son, laid him on the altar, and Abraham stretched out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. Now, I do believe, the Bible says that he believed that God was going to raise him from the dead. He, he, that's, that's in the Bible. I ain't got time to go there. Just look it up. But the angel of the Lord called out from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay hands on, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for I know now that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Now, this is one translation says this. Listen to this. Are you ready? You got your shouting clothes on? He says, And he said to him, Lay not thy hand upon him, neither do anything to him, now that I know you fear me. And thou hast not, that's important, he fears God in a good way. Thou hast not spared thy only begotten son. Have you heard that anywhere before? I don't, and I don't know that this, I looked this up and I looked at several, several places. I'm not a, I'm definitely not a history buff or ge, ge, geographical, geological, what, philosophical, ideological. I'm not all any of those. But they said that the place where he sacrificed was the same, was, was uh, what's the name of the place where Jesus was, was Golgotha. And, and I've, I've, I've looked at even, and even scientists said that. 
That, that's, that's just pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. And remember what I said. It seems that God could do nothing for mankind unless someone asked. We don't have time to go back to Genesis, Genesis, but we're going to actually look at a couple things there in Genesis 3. But you got to think about this. A man had to get back what a man lost, what Adam lost. In fact, you can go look for it. It's in the, it's in the New Testament. Jesus is called the second Adam. He had to be tested. Luke chapter 4, go read it. And Jesus kept saying, it is written. It is written. Man, I love that. Because he could have been saying, didn't you hear John the Baptist? Didn't you hear that voice come down from heaven? That angel dove lit on my shoulder? That's my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I've been saying, I'm Jesus Christ. Back off, fool. He never said that. He just kept saying, it is written. It is written. And it says, the devil said, I'm sick of this. I'm leaving. If You know, the good thing about that is I can't go around saying I'm Jesus, but I can say it is written. But you can't say it is written if you don't know it is written. In fact, this is the last will and testament. The Bible calls the devil the cool glory, the accuser of the brethren. He's coming to the, the reading of the will. And he wants to tell, that's a lie. That ain't true. That didn't he, he, That don't belong to you. You can't have that. I go, oh, back off. I got scripture. I got line, principle, precept. Turn to 12, chapter 12, verse 6. It belongs to me. Get out of here, you idiot. Amen. Y'all ain't getting this, are you? Is it too much? Do we need to just close out and go home? If it's too much for you, it'll hit you about 3 o'clock. You'll be running around the house. Hallelujah. And Abraham lifted his eyes. It it keeps getting better. Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up. And Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And he said to this day, the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. It It wouldn't make sense to me that that would be the place where Jesus would be crucified. Right there. The Lord will provide. Amen. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Then the angel of the Lord called out to Abraham a second time. And it keeps getting better. By myself I have sworn, says the Lord. God done gone to swearing. Hallelujah. God swore. I don't even know if I've ever seen that in the Bible. God says, I swear, says the Lord, because you've done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only begotten son, I'm sending Jesus now. This fool done gone crazy. The devil ain't going to like this. A man has to get back what a man lost. Jesus is coming. That took a little while, but Jesus is coming. Somebody say amen. I will bless you. I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven, as the sand of the seashore, and your descendants shall, oh glory, shall possess the gate of their enemies. You remember Matthew 16? You might, I don't know if you can throw that up. Y'all, I don't, uh, Matthew 16. Oh my Lord, I didn't, we don't even need to get into that, but I'm just going to read it again. Just in case you haven't heard this. Because this is the kingdom. We're talking about kingdom rise. Amen. Matthew 16. Jesus, he said, who are you? Who do you declare that I'm? Who do you say that I am? He said, well, some said you're John the Baptist. Some said you're Elijah. Some said you're one of the prophets. And Jesus said, well, who do you say that I am? You are Jesus Christ, son of the living God. He said, upon this rock I'll build my church. And the gates, there's those gates he's talking about in Genesis 22, shall not prevail against the church. Now, when I was growing up as a kid, I should have known this. I grew up on a farm. A gates kept things out and kept things in. Kept people from going on to your property. But it also kept the cows from getting out. But those gates shall not prevail. You know why they don't prevail? Because He gave you the keys, bless God. Kingdom keys. He says, I'm going to give you the keys and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. What did John Wesley say? Or 
of several of these men said this. It seems that God can do nothing for mankind unless somebody asks him. Folks, I'm telling you, God's not your problem. Your, your boss man ain't your problem. The police ain't your problem. The, the government ain't your problem. We got a different government. In fact, I'm not of this world. I'm an alien here. You, the, you, the Bible says we're strangers. We're aliens. I preached a message a couple weeks ago. You know, we need to live from the place where we're from. We're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And he's interceding for us. And then he gave you the keys. Whatever you bind on earth. Well, God, if you make that move. You know, the, 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 mayor of, the mayor of Valdosta don't go down there and direct traffic if he wants traffic going a different direction. We need this traffic running this other direction. Well, if the, 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 the city police don't go out and say, well, if, God, if he want, the mayor wants it to move, he needs to, bless God, he could probably make it move. No, he ain't. He's, a, he's authorized you to direct traffic. We've been deputized. Somebody say amen. How you doing? Glory to God. He, we've been deputized. We got, he, he gave you a gun. You, you got a uniform. Amen. You have authority in the name of Jesus. We're not talking about physical authority. If that car don't stop, it'll just run you over. But it better stop or they're going to jail. Amen. So, he said, I will bless you and you shall possess the gates of your enemy. And that, you saw that right there. As I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And he says, in verse 18, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. There it is. You have worshipped me. That's what he said. He said, we, he was, we're going up there to worship. You obey. Obedience is worship. Now, we're going to look at a couple places here. Turn over to 1 Samuel chapter 15. 1 Samuel 15. We're on the downhill slope now. 1 Samuel 15, because we want to pray for some folks. 1 Samuel 15. Look at verse, uh, let me make sure I get this right. Verse Samuel 15, yeah, it says, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice? Now, this is the story of, um, of Saul, and he was told to, <clears throat> to take out King Agag and the Amalekites. Now, if you go back and read, because, you know, somebody said, why did he tell them to kill them all? Kill them, just kill them. Because there was an issue with the Amalekites all the way back in Genesis and Exodus. They, they were, they were, they, they were, they, in one translation it says they were coming up behind the, the children of Israel and they were getting stragglers and killing them. I mean, these people were wicked. I think God gave them a bunch of chances. And he said, I'm going to tell you, if, we don't, if you don't wipe them out, they're going to come back and haunt you. And, that, and that's exactly what they did. So he told them, I want you to go out there and, and I want you to kill, them, kill everybody. Because they're going to they're going to destroy you if you don't destroy them, I, folks. I, and I, somebody said, I don't know if I agree with that. I, I, I know the Russians and the Ukrainians. If you was in Ukraine, you, they're going to kill you. You're going to kill them. You got at some point you got to do something. I, I'm not. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want wars. But I ain't going to let somebody come in and kill my family. Just going. We're going to take over Georgia and Florida. I don't care what you say. I'm going to get a gun. I'm going to try to stop it. I'm going to pray for them. I might pray while I'm shooting, but I'm going. You know what I mean? Maybe I'll just, but you can't, you know what, I'm, it, and I didn't really, I never really went back and studied. I just took the time to go back and read about that. But here's what happened. He didn't kill him. He didn't do what God said. He, uh, in fact, he kept the king, and then he, he destroyed all the, the goats with one eye and three legs, but he kept all the good stuff. It, there's, there was something going on there. His heart wasn't right. So he said this. He said, 
Has the Lord, and that's what Samuel told him, he said, Has the Lord any delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Man, that's crazy. For rebellion is a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Then Samuel said, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. I wrote this down. You'll obey what you fear. And he was talking about you need to fear God. You will obey what you fear. Somebody said, I think a good example, somebody come put a gun to your head. What you want me to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you're afraid. Now, see, you just bow up. We had a guy here. Remember that guy that came and spoke? The guy pulled a gun on him. He shot it, and the bullet just went, whoop, just fell down on the ground. Whoop, whoop. He got that guy's attention. Now he was afraid of him. And somebody says, I don't know if I want to take that chance. Well, you, the bullets won't fall down at your feet like they did him either. Amen? Now, therefore, please pardon my sin and return with me that I may worship the Lord. That's funny. He said, pardon me that I may worship. He, then he, he grabs Saul. Uh, he grabs Samuel and said, now I'm going to go back and worship with you. He just wanted to be seen worshiping with the rest of the nation, seeing him, so he didn't think he was in bad grace. That's a whole other story. But 1 Samuel 15, 9, if you go back and look, there was this one verse that I wanted to get. It said, it said this. Um, where is that? 15, 9. It says... Um, but Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the best, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good, and were unwilling to utterly destroy them. Everybody say unwilling. Uh, I, I wrote off to the side of my Bible, he didn't do God's will. He was unwilling. Somebody say amen. And what does Isaiah 119 say? You can pull that up there. Isaiah 119 says, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. I remember Brother Hagin, we, uh, you know, it's the Bible school I went to. Pastor Mark went to the same Bible school. And he said one time the Lord told him to go out on the, go out on the traveling ministry and quit pastoring the church. When he's pastoring church, man, they'd be bringing, don- they'd be bringing food. They'd be bringing, uh, even when they didn't have, they'd bring chickens and tomatoes and eggs. And he said, man, we always had plenty to eat and kids were dressed. But when he went out on the field, he said, it just, he'd go some places. There wasn't much love in them offerings, you know. There wasn't much honor in them honorariums, and he'd have to drive a long ways. He said all his tires were bald, and he's going down the road. He said, Lord, you said you said if I do what you said, you said the, if we'd be willing and obedient, we should eat the good land. He goes, well, you are, you are obedient, but you just ain't willing. He went, he said, don't tell, it, don't tell me it don't take long to get willing. Amen? He said, I got willing in about three seconds. Hallelujah. He said, Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing. And the Lord began to turn that thing around. And, and it's a pretty powerful story because people, you know, People see you in your later in your life when you got a house that's paid for and you got a nice car. They didn't see me as our own baldies and, and it, the kids didn't have food to eat. And I remember one time he said they were living in a camper. They would take the camper and park it. He said they were there and he said, this is interesting because talk, we talk about prayer. And he said that they'd go to sit down at the table and said, Lord, we know you're going to provide food. He said they'd gone about three or four days without eating. And he said finally one day a guy pulled up. He said he had a truck load of groceries. He said, man, I've been thanking you all for about a week. The Lord kept telling me to go get y'all groceries. He said, uh-uh. and he said, I knew God was going to send somebody, but man, you got to learn to obey. And see, somebody said, well, God's God. He can do anything he wants. So he came. He needs somebody to deliver them groceries. 
Folks, I'm going to tell you, if Nick don't do what he, what the Lord's saying, then it might be affecting me. If I don't do what, we, we, we affect each other. We got to get in alignment. We, we're, we're the body. We need each other. Somebody say amen. So, 1 Samuel chapter 12, if you fear the Lord and serve Him and obey His voice and do not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then both you and the king who reigns over you, I want the band to come. Y'all can go ahead. Both you and the king who reigns over you will continue following the Lord your God. I, I like that. There's just a couple scriptures I had on obedience I wanted to hit. Now, put that other translation up there, the Amplified. If you fear the Lord with awe and profound reverence and serve Him, we talked about fear, you'll obey what you're afraid of. That, that's a good kind of fear, a holy fear. And serve Him and listen to His voice and not rebel against His commandment, then both you and your king will follow the Lord your God and it will be well. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I, I said I wasn't going to do this and I'm, I'm just going to touch on it. But what did Adam and Eve do in the Garden of Eden? They disobeyed. And he said, it's as the sin of witchcraft. And somebody said, what, what is that? What, what do you mean? I'm, I'm not a witch. I'm not into witchcraft. Rebellion. And we're talking about a kingdom here. And, and people want to know, and people just go around saying, God is in control. God is in control. God is in control. Not if you're in rebellion, he ain't. The king can't be involved in something if you're in rebellion. In fact, in a kingdom, back in the day, if you were in the kingdom, if you were in rebellion, you'd die. But man, we got a good king. Now, I'm going to tell you, the king that's running around on this earth that's trying to be the kingdom of darkness is a bad king, and he will kill, steal, and destroy. And he's looking for, a, he's looking for the, the people that are called their self-kingdom people that's in rebellion. I think he uses them and abuses them, and he just takes them out. Because I'm going to tell you, the devil, he's strategic. It says he's scheming, seeking whom he may devour. He's lurking. And he, and he says, do not give place to the devil. The Bible says in James, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Resist the devil and he will flee. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. James chapter 4, 7 and 8. So I tell people a lot of times, I say, all you got to do is say submit to God and you're automatically resisting the devil. He can't really touch you. Hold that pencil up there, Chris. So I got, I've got, I, he got, I got a hold. Hold on to it. Now, now I'm pulling you. You got to get up. But well, he pulled back. He's resisting. But if, if he lets me have hold of that thing, I can just take him wherever I want. If the pencil's a problem, you just need to drop it. Amen? Or whatever. Whatever that, whatever that hold that's there. And I believe it's sin. I believe it's just disobedience. So what happened with Adam and Eve? I, I mean, this would be strong. But they were Satan worshipers because they obeyed Satan. Obedience is worship. Call them Adam and Eve Satan worshipers. Well, they disobeyed God and they obeyed the devil. And that's why we're where we are today. But there was a man named Abraham who, who obeyed. I, I tell you, I really got the meaning of that song. Father Abraham had many. Do you remember that song? Man, he's man, we got to bring that thing back. Hallelujah. Because I don't know about you, but when I get to heaven, I'm still one of the first ones I want to meet. I want to talk to Abraham. I mean, he 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 gave his son so Jesus, so God could send his son. That's a covenant right here, brother. That's a that's a huge covenant. I, I don't I don't I'm, I'm glad you didn't pick me. I might have failed the mission. Hallelujah. Let's just act like you died, you know. Oh, your heart ain't right. Get out of here, fool. You know what I mean? 
I'll throw some fake blood on your chest, get some ketchup or something, you know? Hallelujah. Listen, Romans 6.16, this is, I got two more verses, two more, actually I may have three. Romans 6.16 says, Do you not know that if you will continue to surrender yourselves to anyone to do His will, you are slaves to the one whom you obey? It's right up there, amplified. Whether that to be of sin which leads to death or obedience which leads to righteousness. Right doing and right standing with God. Whoever you give yourself to obey, that becomes your master. Uh, I remember when I, right when I got saved, I think it was it was it Bob Dylan. He got he kind of came out with a, a, a Christian album actually. It was called. He had a song called "You Got to Serve Somebody." It may be the devil, but it may be the Lord. But you got to serve somebody. Amen. And then um, this is a guy by the name of Thomas Manton. I don't know Thomas because he died in 1677. That's a long time ago. 16. He was born in 1620 and he died in 1677. I never heard of him, but this was a quote that Thomas Manton. He was a he was a, a guy in Europe that did a lot for the kingdom of God when they, when you would die for your faith. And he said, there will be a greater tenderness upon us not to break any of the holy laws which belong to Christ's government. I like that. The government. This is a, a God's government. Hereby you may know whether you come under another king. Hereby you will know whether you come under another king. You will know whether you, who's your king by what you do. Somebody said that. You will know them by their fruits. Amen. And then the, this is probably a verse that. Two more verses. For just as by one man's disobedience, failing to hear Romans 6, uh, 5, 19, heedlessness and carelessness, the many were constituted sinners. By one man's disobedience. Who was that? Adam. Thank you. They, they were constituted sinners. But by one man's obedience, the second Adam, the many will be constituted righteous, made acceptable to God, brought into right standing with Him. Now that's one thing to be brought, brought into right standing, but you got to I want to stay in right standing. I want to be that obedient Christian. Then 2 Corinthians 10, 5 and 6. Casting down arguments and every high thing that it exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Somebody say amen. I don't know about you, but I like that. I want to punish disobedience. I want to just get out and stay gone. I want to be that one that says, I'm going to do what God says to do. I don't care what the devil says. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.